And now it's time for the UP's favorite live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Here's Blake Froling. What's going on, Marquette? Welcome into the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. We've got Rachel Zerby from ABC 10 in studio. Today is a national holiday. Did it you is. know that? National Radio Day. Your favorite holiday. It it's should... meant for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> everybody can send gifts to our uh, our studios here, 121 North Front Street, Marquette, Michigan. You're just going to give out your address like that? I mean, it's, it's on the internet. True. And now it's on the radio because <laughs> it's National Radio Day, right? So send your fan mail. I've never gotten any fan mail. Oh, like, that's Like snail mail. It's, those days are over. <laughs> or people just don't like yeah. me. I don't know. So a lot of people have been overreacting to preseason football as expected. So we will as well. Uh, there's also an egregious rule in the NFL. It might just kill the game, yeah. I think. I mean, it kind of has for me already. Yeah. But. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Some quarterback talk. Michigan men's basketball is over playing some basketball in Spain against a bunch of random dudes. <laughs> Just found on the streets of Madrid. Uh, the Tigers do not know how the transact some transactions work in the MLB. The Brewers slumping a little bit, uh, getting getting a little nervous. We'll also <laughs> talk some high school football. Ooh, did you know? Last Saturday or this past Saturday is the last Saturday without college football until January. Wow, that's Big exciting. Day. Yeah. Big day. Huge. I think next week is what they call week zero, which doesn't make sense because only a few teams play. So it's it's kind of weird. You're playing, but you're not yeah. playing. Week zero. Yeah, the games all count, but I'm pretty sure they call it week zero. That's weird. I hear week zero, and I just feel like it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like there like was nothing's no... Nothing's going on. There's no like, such... what is a week zero? <laughs> it's like there's no year zero. Yeah. So how could there be a week zero? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm pulling up the scoreboard right here on ESPN. Uh, nope. They call it week one on this one, but I've seen it as week uh-huh. zero in other places. But it's like Duquesne and UMass are playing, uh, so that's well, a big game. That's a week zero. Rice versus Prairie View. <laughs> oh. Hawaii versus wow. Colorado State. Where can I watch these games? Are they televised? Uh, ESPN are they, Plus. Is that even Division One? Is it like D1? Come on now. I'm pretty sure it's Division One. Oh yeah, it's FBS. Okay. Okay. Uh, Wyoming, New Mexico State. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So those are your games on Saturday the 25th. That that actually does sound like a week zero now. Yeah. I, why do they start? So, why do they like the scrub teams are just like here? You can play the 25th. Why do they start earlier? Because everybody's going to watch their games. They would. Would you? Would you watch a Rice? prairie view game ever no i wouldn't watch it if it was the only thing on tv either what really i, I feel like i would i could get in prairie view <laughs> watch out for the what are they like the prairie dogs uh, you can't even click on their team name on here there's no way that's fbs yeah it is well they're fbs games i guess it doesn't mean that both teams are fbs at least one of them is fbs well rice yeah. rice Prairie View. View. Prairie View. They sound like a like a Division Three. Like, yeah, I, I would not know. doubt it. No. <laughs> so, Week One slash Zero almost upon us. We'll get to some. Oh, why don't we just do this? AP poll came out today. Uh, the first one preseason poll. No surprise. Bama number one. Clemson two. 
Uh, the Badgers, Wisconsin, are four. Ohio State's five. Local teams, Penn State is 10. Michigan State, 11. Michigan, 14. Did they get all those right? It sounds about accurate. Can't really complain. Wisconsin over Ohio State. It sounds yeah. a little surprising. Wisconsin four? Mm-hmm. Mm. They do have a weaker schedule. I think that helps them. I wonder how much the situation with Urban Meyer plays into some of these rankings. Mm, maybe. If they figure if he misses a couple games yeah. or gets fired. I feel like at this point he won't get Wasn't fired. that supposed to wrap up yesterday? It was supposed to. Mm. Did you hear anything no. about it? We probably missed it. Uh, or I, I mean, obviously, if anything happened, he obviously didn't get fired. Yeah, we would have heard that. He, he, I don't think he's getting fired. No, I think if he was going no to get fired, they would have done it already. Yeah. This seems like this seems like a typical two game ban at most, mm-hmm. and then he'll be back. I think they play TCU in week three, so they'll, they'll have him back for a big game. Oh he, yeah, he'll come back that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> TCU is sixteenth, so you can sit him out yeah. for the cupcakes, but mm-hmm. but once the Horned Frogs come to town, that's big. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's about right. Even without Urban Meyer, they're mm-hmm. still going to be loaded. They have so much talent. Yeah. And, I mean, even I could probably coach them to to a ten and two record yeah, at least for sure, definitely. So <laughs> Michigan State at eleven, I'm okay with that. Right behind Penn State, Penn State is perpetually overrated. I'm just yeah, throwing that I, out there. yeah. Without Saquon now, I've I, mm-hmm. I think I've said about ten times Trace McSorley is overrated. I will die on that hill. Yeah, I I'm right there with you. It's just. <laughs> Anybody could be that good when you have a great exactly. run game like that. Elite run game. So I think Michigan State will end up surpassing them. Um, also, I just saw this random thing. Uh, CBS Sports has been doing this Candid Coaches series where they poll one-fifth of the 129 FBS coaches, ask them random questions. Mm-hmm. One of them was, who is the most overrated coach in college football? Who, who do you think it was? Um, I want to go with Harbaugh. No, it was not. I clicked on this article thinking it would be Harbaugh yeah. to find out he is not. Who he, is it? He was not even in the top five. That's actually, that's very surprising. Mm-hmm. There was a tie for first. Willie Taggart, head coach for Florida Aww. State. Okay. And James Franklin, head coach for Penn State. Anything that we can bash Penn State about, I love. So... There's a anonymous uh, coach. They explain themselves in this this these this article. One coach said, "James Franklin, his coaching peers know he is full of it." <laughs> mm. uh, and then another one. When Franklin got the Penn State job, I thought, "Man, he's a good marketer. He did a nice job with that." It'll be interesting without Saquon. He's underrated. He turns a lot of no game plays into sixty yard touchdowns. So they're going to see a lot of no game plays now. Yeah. Without Saquon. So, yep, he was on there. Uh, Urban Meyer was one of the coaches who was most overrated. Jimbo Fisher. Basically, anybody who is good is overrated. Uh-huh. And anybody who's just, eh, okay. Oh, they're underrated. But I was really hoping we would get a big headline grab. Jim Harbaugh, yeah. most overrated. I'm surprised that that's not... Hmm. Interesting. Maybe because people think he's going to have a good season this year. People like think that every season, though. Yeah, I feel like this season might be a little bit different. Okay. Well, he better not mess it up. Then he will be overrated. Right, right. Then then he would cement himself if they go anything less than, what, 10-2? and two? Jeez. Yeah. I he mean, has to go do that or better. 
I mean, if they okay. go nine and three, isn't that a disappointment for them? No. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a disappointment, but what are those three losses? Who did those three losses come from? Probably Ohio State. <laughs> so that's a given. Probably Michigan State. Okay. And then they have to play Wisconsin, Penn State, and Notre Dame. So a loss among one of those three games. Yeah. Because I feel like if you can't really beat your teams in your conference, then like beat your rivals. Yeah, you're worthless. I feel like if, that's, I feel like that's what people judge you off of. 100 percent, yeah. especially at Michigan. Yeah. Number one, beat Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Number two, beat Michigan State. Number three, win national championships. And they haven't really been able to do the all three of those. Yeah. But I even feel like if Michigan ran the table and then lost to Ohio State at the end of the season, they would consider it a disappointing season. Probably. Because it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't matter if you can't, like, win. I don't, I don't know. That's the biggest game of the season. Yeah. It would probably block them from making the Big Ten championship game based on how things shake out. Probably would block them from the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. So they'd just be back to where they were. Another loss to, to Ohio State. Be a real shame, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just such a, a shame. Just a darn <laughs> shame. Uh, let's get to the NFL a little bit. Uh, this morning, as I've just been perusing the internet as I do. I think I saw at least three or four articles talking about how panicked you should be about the Detroit Lions. They're 0-2, guys, in the preseason. The season is over. Yeah, that, that's sad. It's hard to he come back from that. Just throwing the towel now. You know what? I'm actually going to go against this because the Lions are usually pretty good in the preseason and then fail to live up to expectations. You know, you'd rather be bad in the preseason than like get your hopes up and be like, oh, we're like 4-0 in the preseason. We're going to be so good coming mm-hmm. in. And then you're just like, what the heck happened? Yeah. Cleveland Browns yeah. were 4-0 in the preseason last year. Yeah. It, it, it's an inverse <laughs> indicator of yeah. success. So this is the best thing that could uh-huh. happen. I hope yeah. they go 0-4. Yeah. Show other teams nothing on film. Just just do nothing. Be horrible. And then all of a sudden, exactly. boom. It's like you're sandbagging uh-huh. it. You know, they, 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 they let their guard down. Yeah. There you go. Come out of the gates hot. So I'm okay with this. Mm-hmm. I'm not really worried about anything. One guy came with a scorching take, said that the Lions have been practicing too much, and that's why they're bad. Practicing too much. Didn't, weren't, didn't someone say that Matt Patricia was running his guys too mm-hmm. much too? Yep. Running them <laughs> and practicing them. Man. Those lines, man. They're going to be worn out come yeah. week one. Well, that's what they're saying. They're just so tired right now. They just can't oh play football God. anymore. It's not like running and practicing are essential parts of playing football. No. I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> so th- those are the only two reasons. If Matt Patricia lightened up his practices, didn't make him run, they'd be undefeated mm-hmm. right now. But they're, they're just not. too tired. And I'm sure there will be a lot of fans who will blindly blame Matthew Stafford, mm-hmm. even though he didn't play in the first preseason game and played three series in the second one. Here, How about this for a stat, though? The Lions defense... In these two games combined, has zero sacks, only three quarterbacks hit, uh, and the Lions' offense has allowed 16 quarterback hits and eight sacks. <laughs> Not a good ratio. No, that that's a little kind of concerning. Very yeah, concerning. That's. I'd overreact in that situation. You would? Yeah. So this is worthy yeah, of your overreaction? I, I think so. I think with Matt Patricia, since he's a defensive guy, you expect the defense to turn around mm-hmm. first? Uh, that's that's not uh, promising. No. So, I mean, <laughs> there, he's also been getting criticism for playing his starters late in the games. on Johnson, Anthony Zettel, a couple other guys were playing in the fourth quarter in Friday night's game. 
Maybe he's wearing them out. I don't know. Is he losing the team already? <laughs> they haven't played. Has he ever season. had the team? Oh, has he ever? Yeah. Now that's a better take. He has never even had the team. <laughs> I like this one. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so Matthew Stafford's only played three series. The Lions' first team offense hasn't even played that much, but they've only scored three points, the first team. The backups have been doing the rest. So that means the Lions have the best backups in the mm-hmm. league. So, so when, maybe all the starters should just get hurt. Maybe the backups should become the starters. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like in the NBA, first unit, second mm-hmm. unit. Just have your starters play against their backups. Then all yeah. of a sudden your preseason numbers will go up, theoretically. Oh, <laughs> I think this could work. The Lions did only have 89 yards in the first half on Friday night against the Giants. They're not exactly a a scary... Are they a scary team, the Giants? Are they going to turn around? No. No? I mean... No. 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 I think they might be a year away when Eli Manning is like 50. Mm-hmm. Then, then maybe they'll be good. It's so funny because when the Giants drafted Saquon Barkley, all like my Eagles friends were like, oh my God, the Giants are so dumb. Like, why didn't they get a quarterback? Blah, 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 blah. I was like, I get it, but like they also got Saquon Barkley. Like, you're just mad because Saquon's going to crap all over your. Well, defense. that's true. Yeah. Maybe they like Davis Webb, too. Yeah. Could, could be the next that guy. Too. I was a little torn on that, too. I don't know what I would have done. How can you pass up Saquon Barkley? Like, I know, like, a quarterback is like basically like the glue but uh, he's Saquon Barkley come on Eli just was was he was pretty bad last year though I know and you figure he gets better if they have a good running game but then again how valuable are running backs Saquon is I think he's one of the top five highest paid running backs now just because of the draft slot money it's ridiculous I mean he kind of deserved I don't know he He's going to be it. an animal. He has to be dominant. Yeah. Or else this will be... Or the Giants will look like absolute losers. Especially if it's Sam Darnold with the Jets mm-hmm. that turns out to yeah. be a superstar. Oh, man. They will be riding mm-hmm. in East Rutherford, <laughs> New Jersey. When we come back, we will talk about the new NFL rule named after Aaron Rodgers that absolutely stinks. Yeah. It is yeah. It's terrible. I think NFL might just die after this. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you why it's so bad. We'll also get to some other rankings that might may or may not rile you up. That's going next here on the Sports Pen. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. Thanks again for joining us. We are presented by John's Auto Marquette. Rachel Zerby from ABC10 is in studio with me. Now, your team... The Minnesota Vikings Mm -hmm. was the victim of one of the newest rules in the NFL. And since you were directly affected, why don't you give us the situation? Tell us what happened. The guys were playing football and they got flagged for it. Oh, they got flagged for playing football. Yeah. How how funny, you know, you you do your job and you get in trouble. Yeah. So that's all I have to say to that. Basically, (laughs) you're very tame. I'm sure you wanted to scream a little bit more. So the actual background, the Vikings were playing the Jaguars. Quarterback Cody Kessler for the Jaguars took the snap, play action. As soon as he pulled the ball back, turned around. Was it Anthony Barr again? Or who, who, no, someone I came don't... free off the edge, a Vikings player. Just as Kessler pulled the ball back for the play action, he turns and boom, gets hit, driven to the ground. Was not in a passing motion. He just... Took the ball back, boom, gets hit. 
and it's a 15-yard penalty for roughing the passer. Ridiculous. I can't even wrap my head around that a ref would throw the flag on that kind of thing. I, I don't understand if he's not passing, how is that roughing the passer? I don't know. Are are we not allowed to touch the quarterback now? Like, is that just... I think so. Is that the rule, basically? Like, you can't tackle the quarterback? I think they should just put all quarterbacks in red jerseys, mm-hmm. and you just two-hand touch Seriously. them. That's probably what the NFL is going to go towards. It's ridiculous. I... We talked <laughs> about this on the show the other day, how people complain about these player safety rules, and it can get annoying, but... I really, really hope this is just a situation where the refs are over-calling this so that players change and then mm-hmm. they don't call it as much in the regular season. There's no way they are going to be able to call this in the regular season. No way. Could you I, imagine if this happened in like a playoff game? I would have lost my mind. I probably would have like broke the TV. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like he wasn't even like – because I thought you had to like drive with your head or lead with your helmet. This is a different rule than the helmet rule. Oh, okay. This is the Aaron Rodgers rule that we're talking about, the, where you cannot drive a quarterback to the ground with all of your body weight, all or most of your body weight on top of him. Then how are you supposed to – how are you even supposed to tackle if you can't use, like, your body – like, you can't just – You're supposed to go full speed at him, hit him, and then in midair spin out of the way as quickly as possible so you don't land on him because like, he no, might get hurt. Just, no, this is it was even such a different play from the one that Aaron Rodgers got hurt on. I can somewhat, I still don't agree with the rule, but I can somewhat see the yeah. reasoning for the situation with Aaron Rodgers last year. But this was a completely different play where he was not back to pass. No. He just took the ball back and got mm-hmm. hit. That's a sack. Uh, sacks are now penalties. I Look think. what Aaron Rodgers did to the league. Yeah, he Thank ruined you, it. Packers. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for being so soft. Yeah, Ugh, that's, I, that's so frustrating. If the, I'm sorry, if I watch Week One and this play, they anyone gets called, like I don't know if I can handle it. Now I looked up the rule, and one thing that I might be able to say why they called it again, not that I agree with it, but looking at it from the NFL's point of view, it says when a tack when tackling a passer who is in a defenseless posture, example during or just after throwing a pass. A defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down or land on top of him worth all or most of the defender's weight. So, defenseless posture. Maybe they thought because he was just pulling the ball back after play action, it was a defenseless posture. And I wish we had TV along with our radio so people could could watch it. You're watching it right now. Yeah, I just... Is that a defenseless posture? Like, no... No, I don't... Because I think he has time to turn around before he gets hit, am I right? Where yeah. does he turn around? He, like... Okay. All he right, sees... good radio. <laughs> he sees the guy coming. Like, that's... You can... No. I'm sorry. He couldn't have avoided the hit. But, like, neither could the Vikings player couldn't have, like... He was supposed to run out of the way and not get the guy? I think so. Like, are you just supposed to clip him by the ankles? And let them hurt their own bodies. Maybe only quarterbacks should wear wear flags, so everybody else is tackled, but quarterbacks is flag. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it the is. NFL really is the no fun league. I'm sorry. I think this will change in the regular season. It better. I hope so. There's no way these get called this frequently. They're just trying to drill it, it into players' heads, and the, I'm okay with yeah, it now. Yeah. Maybe As, that. Hopefully, that's what. Because the coaches like, there's no way 
they can go with this. No, you'd have to reach retrain uh-huh. players from the peewee level up. But I hope the refs like aren't like nervous because I feel like they see a hit and they just like throw a flag like out of like kind of instinct. And they're then probably they screw everything up. They're probably under pressure from the yeah. NFL to call these too. So they, they don't want to mess it up. Like, right. When have they ever gotten one of these calls right in the preseason? I don't remember because nobody talks about those. They talk about all the ones they get <laughs> wrong because they're all wrong because it's a stupid rule. I, I do think in the end, once players adjust, this will become a good rule. Fewer players will get hurt. But this adjustment period is uh, going to be incredibly frustrating. Yeah. And there's no way. I'm sorry. It's probably going to bleed over into week one at least. Oh, it, it will. And that's going to be frustrating. It's kind of like in any sport. When you have new rule changes, mm-hmm. it's emphasized to begin, at the beginning of the year. By the end of the year, usually you barely see the call mm-hmm. or you barely notice it at that point. I mean, we're going to still have questionable yeah. helmet hits because that's going to be even harder to enforce. I feel like the Aaron Rodgers rule might be slightly easier to get used to. You just try to roll off the guy or something. Yeah. I think we said this like last week though it's kind of like the charge block rule where like they need to find a consistency because i can't deal with inconsistency mm-hmm. like with these calls right if they're consistent like, about both yeah these, then it's fine. it'll be fine but i don't know it's it's kind of it worries me oh i'm very worried this is not good and especially like i'm sorry like not to talk about the vikings more but like their defense i mean anthony barr what he did aaron Rodgers. one i thought that was clean anyway but like their Defense, like, worries me. Like, I'm afraid they're going to get called for 15-yard penalties left and right. Because they're so good. Yeah. I think Because all... they're, like, aggressive. I mean, that goes for any defense. Yeah, you like, can't... It's you... <laughs> these these pass rushers, especially, are going to live in fear that mm-hmm. they're going to get called for this rule because even... Because another part of this rule is you can still be called for it even if you're within mm-hmm. that one step of the... That when the for the old roughing the passer rule where if it was like one step then hit after he threw it was okay. Yeah. This still applies even if you were within that mm-hmm. boundary. So even if they think they have a good hit at the last second, the quarterback could still get rid of it and then you could get a penalty. And like the defender, they can't help that. Like you can't just stop your body midair. Like if you're going to tackle someone, like you're going. Yeah. Like you can't just stop. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. And like it, I'm all for player safety, but come on. It's football at the end of the day. It's a contact sport. It's a contact sport. Players will adjust. The refs will adjust. I think by week eight, at the latest. Week eight. Yes. We will have some problems the first couple of weeks, but by then. Like halfway through the season. Yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I can wait that long. It's a drastic rule change. And it's going to take that long. But it's overall, it will be for the good of the sport, I think. I think I this will work out eventually. But just not right now. Temporary pain for long-term gain. <laughs> so corny. I, I just think, going back, like, I think, I mean, certain quarterbacks, like, you, I feel like you'll see it a lot with Tom Brady, like, every time he gets hurt. You know, there's those sort, certain QBs mm-hmm. that when they get hit, there's automatically a flag, no matter what. It's the, the more pocket passers. Mm-hmm. If you're uh, Cam Newton or Russell Wilson or a guy that likes to run around, uh, you could even sometimes say Aaron Rodgers, but he's protected by the NFL. Those guys probably aren't going to get the benefit of the doubt because they're running. Mm-hmm. And if a quarterback is strictly running, then that Aaron Rodgers yeah. rule does not apply. I guess they didn't clarify if he was standing there not ready to pass. What is that? But, yeah. It's not, it's not good. No. <laughs> so, we love lists. We love getting people uh, excited 
in a good and bad way. So ESPN decided to divide, to dive into the debate of who is the who was the most valuable quarterback in the NFL last year. And the parameters were basically they would take the value of that quarterback and compare it to the value of his team's defense, special teams, and run game. And basically the biggest difference between the two would show how valuable you were. All right. So it's not like a who's the best quarterback, mm-hmm. who elevates the team the most, who does the most with the least, essentially. The number one on this list, Alex Smith for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not sure about this one. It's a weird list. Yeah. He's good, but there's no he's like I don't know. The feel, Chiefs aren't like that bad of a team where he's the most valuable. Yeah, their defense was all right. Yeah. They had Tyree Kill. They had Kareem Hunt. They have the, uh-huh. one of the best tight ends in Travis Kelsey. It's a pretty good supporting yeah. cast. Somehow that gives the most <laughs> value. Number two, this one I definitely agree with and should have been number one, Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. He has an absolute garbage uh-huh. offense around him. Mm-hmm. And they got worse this offseason. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He is going to get sacked like 70 times this year. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> and he's still going to throw for 4,000 yeah. yards somehow. Yeah. And they're going to be a terrible team. I feel bad for him. Mm-hmm. Number three. This one also is kind of surprising. Jameis Winston. I thought you had to provide value first before you could yeah, be valuable. Literally. He's just not There's, that good. No, he's not. Number four. <laughs> This is the shock of the list. Josh McCown, New York Jets. He is the fourth most court valuable quarterback in the NFL. Uh, no. I think no. that's more of a reflection of how bad the Jets were yeah. versus him, how good he is. He's just That's embarrassing. He was he was better than people thought he would be, but Josh McCown, really? Fourth most valuable. Yep. Uh, the rest of the list, Tyrod Taylor for the Bills was number five. Matt Ryan is number six. Phillip Rivers was number seven. And Matthew Stafford, number eight. I thought Stafford would be a little higher on this. Yeah, I, th- uh, yeah, I would have put him a little higher. With no run game for his entire career, mm-hmm. except for maybe one season. Inconsistent defense. I feel like yeah. what he's been able to do is crazy. Mm-hmm. He had the best season of his career last year. With no yeah. run game whatsoever and a bad defense. just I would have put him like top five. Top five for yeah. sure. This it, It's hard to say because this list is so weird. Mm-hmm. I guess I still need to grasp the concept. <laughs> Drew Brees was ninth. Carson Wentz, tenth. It's almost like number ten should be the best. Ten, if you went backwards on this list, uh-huh. it would make a lot more sense. Yeah, it, it really Wentz, would. Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, Philip Rivers, Matt yeah. Ryan. That makes yeah, more sense. Yeah, I like that, going maybe, backwards. But... Maybe I'm just reading it wrong. I don't know. <laughs> so if you do most valuable, you have to do least valuable. Mm-hmm. Number one on least valuable quarterbacks, Mr. Elite, Joe Flacco. <laughs> Does this solidify the fact that he is, in fact, not elite? No, Joe Flacco is definitely elite. He's elite. <laughs> He's he's elite when it comes to being the most unelite. Un, yeah, <laughs> he's out of all the unelite quarterbacks, he is elite. Is that fair to say? Yes, yes. He's in the upper echelon okay. of bad quarterbacks, yeah. and he might be a backup halfway through the year. Mm-hmm. Trevor Simeon for the Broncos was number two, no surprise. Jared Goff for the Rams was number three. 
I guess Jalen Ramsey was right, though. I think he said average to above average. So yeah. maybe I Ramsey's mean, onto something. This list proves it. Blake Bortles is number four. I will not have that slander here. Yeah, that's no. I don't like that. He's going to be better this year. Mm-hmm. I'm calling it. Mitch Trubisky, number five. That's fine. Deshaun Kaiser, awful quarterback. He should have been number one on this list. You don't like him? He's terrible. Oh, wait. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, never mind. Never mind. I was thinking of a Deshaun Watson. Oh, oh. Okay. Yeah. No. Okay. No, no. <laughs> big difference. Yeah. Very big difference. Yeah. Uh, no, Deshaun Kaiser yeah. okay. was the worst quarterback. Yeah. I would take Joe Flacco in a heartbeat uh-huh. over him. <laughs> Andy Dalton, number seven. I think he's the most mediocre quarterback in the NFL mm-hmm. in terms of guy who starts year in and year out. Most mediocre. Cam Newton, number eight. That one yeah. surprised me a little yeah. bit. I thought he was better. Dak Prescott, number nine. He's horrible. My God. He's, I hate him. I just hate the Cowboys. Hate is such a strong word. <laughs> I don't care. I hate the Cowboys. Life would be so much better without them on this earth. I saw a picture of uh, a crowd with just all white, and it said, uh, Cowboys fans, when they found out Notre Dame football was playing at Yankee <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> there are three That's favorite teams. That's a good one. That's a good one. And number 10, smoking Jay Cutler. Is he a better quarterback or better reality star? Uh, a better quarterback. Have you? He is a brick wall. He has no personality. I feel like that's his shtick, though. I don't understand how he even, like, survived in the NFL. Like, I don't... Did he ever talk? Like, he's so laid back and just, like... Lead by example. Maybe he was so different in the NFL that he was just exhausted. So then when he retired, yeah. he's just like, I have nothing left to give. And he's just... I think it's he's funny. He's very boring. It's so he's so boring. It's funny though. Yeah, that is true. But it's like it's like cringeworthy. It's like awkward. Like, dude, what? He is do you know very how to awkward. speak? Like, do you know how to talk to people? You'd think as a quarterback, talking would be a good uh, skill. Yeah, to have. because I mean, I'm. You probably were pulled in every day to speak to the media. Like, hello. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> you know he hates being on that show oh, yeah. so much. He's probably normal in real life, uh-huh. but once the cameras are on, he just. Yeah. Puts up a wall. For sure. I would probably do something like that, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm not exactly <laughs> looking to get on a reality show anytime soon. When we come back, we'll talk some Michigan basketball. We'll talk some high school football, a little bit of everything. Throw some baseball in there. Stick with us here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Now back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. We are presented by John's Auto Marquette. Thanks so much for joining us. Rachel Zerby is in the studio with me. We've got some more football, high school football this time. I'm so excited. I honestly woke up today and I was like, football is back this week. Football like, is the back. The first Friday Night Lights is on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. What are you most excited for? I don't know. I'm just, well, it'll be my first taste of UP football, so mm-hmm. I want to see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. See you what know? all the hype is yeah, about? Yeah, I've heard a lot, so mm-hmm. hopefully it lives up to those expectations. Any idea of which games you're going to go to yet? I think I'll be at um, the Iron Mountain Nagani game, and then I'll have someone at the Marquette game, and probably Gladstone, and I'll probably have highlights from Alpina and Escanaba. Alpina? Shout out to our sister station. Okay, yeah. nice. Cool. So you're going to kind of be all over the yeah. place. I'll be in Houghton. Oh, yeah. For Westwood versus Houghton at Michigan Tech. Oh, so mm, that's exciting. Pretty big time. Their new stadium? Uh, or no, is that done yet? 
Houghton's, oh wait, Michigan. Michigan Tech. So just the normal stadium. Oh, okay. Houghton is building a new stadium. Uh, okay. It's not done yet. Okay. So that's why they're playing at Michigan Tech. Okay. That's gotta be pretty cool though yeah. for those kids to play yeah. on a college field. Absolutely. Especially if they want to go to Michigan uh-huh. Tech. Good recruiting tool too. Yeah. Also. Very. Unless they're disappointed by the trip, I guess. But so you've been doing some previews. I have. For a lot of the local teams. Yes. What What are some things you've been hearing? Well, I think Nagani. I like I like what they have going on down there. Okay. I don't know. I like this. They are they were young last year. They didn't have that. I mean, they were I think three and six or something like four that. Four and five. Four and five. Mm-hmm. Okay, four and Close. five. <laughs> um, but a bunch of those guys are returning, so I'm interested to see how that works. You know, their coach said that they're one step ahead from last year, obviously, because they. He basically had to hold their hands and tell them, like, this is what we do. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. But Westwood was another team that kind of is still in my mind, even though they have a lot of holes to fill. But I've heard they're one of the favorites yeah. to win the conference. So. I would say so. I think it's so tough this year because it's in a new conference. Mm-hmm. There's more teams, bigger teams. So it'll be harder to gauge this year versus previous years. Mm-hmm. I think it's just absolutely wide open right now yeah and i'm kind of excited because i mean obviously i asked all the coaches just about the joining forces like of the west pack and they're like it's exciting to have new opponents and like a different schedule because they're like we've been playing the same Mm -hmm. teams over and over so it'll be exciting just to see those new maybe new rivalries get made you have to especially some of these teams lose their uh-huh. old rivalries yeah. need to make new ones. Exactly. And some of these schools play a lot of the same teams with only mm-hmm. a couple changes. Some schools will have vastly different yeah. schedules. So it's kind of on a per-team basis who gets affected the mm-hmm. most. But basically, they don't have to play in Wisconsin. They don't have yeah. to play downstate, yeah. which That's is what nice. they wanted, keeping the UP. But this does hurt a lot of the mm-hmm. teams in the Great Northern Conference, like Marquette who has to go downstate twice. I believe they play a Wisconsin team. Um, a lot of schools, uh, Kingsford has to play a lot of Wisconsin teams. You know, A lot of these schools mm-hmm. have to go even farther because they lose a couple games because they can't play yeah. any Westpac teams now. That's tough. That's a long travel day. Mm-hmm. It's not, and you have to do it at least two times yeah. a year, three sometimes. That's tough. It, it is yeah. tough. So it's always it's like a cents. win and a loss, yeah. Right. I I just hope I think in a couple of years there's got to be something where there's just a big UP conference. Yeah, somehow. you kind of would think that would be like a thing in a way. But it's so tough. Do you separate it ge- geographically by size cuz you have to do a little bit of both. Yeah. You're not going to have Marquette the class mm-hmm. A team playing a class D school. Yeah. But and like size-wise, I don't know. That would like those would be a lot of road trips too, because I feel like all of the smaller schools are like all over the place. There's there's travel everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> that is the one thing I've noticed about the UP that you, yeah. there's no way you're yeah. getting you're there's, just traveling. No there's matter no what. schedule you could have yeah. where you don't travel that much unless you play all your games at home. Uh huh. So I think that that is part of it, but there are ways to limit some of the travel yeah. at least. Uh, I mean Westwood I think has to travel a little bit more this year than they did last year but they're kind of you know westwood nagani and ishwam are kind of centrally mm-hmm. located where they they can kind of go all over the yeah. place and it's not that bad but a team like manistique having to go all over the place i mean they, even they just did, coming down to like ishwam nagani and westwood like that's far mm-hmm. yeah even <laughs> their close games yeah. are far so it just it just kind of stinks yeah. for them do you have any hot takes for us for high school football 
a hot take. Um, Gwen's gonna go to the playoffs this year. Ooh. I think they're gonna do it. Spicy. I liked the confidence from Dion Brown. He's a confident oh, guy. Yeah, I like what they got down there. Yeah, you know they were another team that had a lot of injuries to some mm-hmm. of their best players, except for Tucker Taylor. He's basically the only one that stayed healthy. Yeah. And so now they're they're switching things up, revamping things. I kind of got that confidence from him too. Yeah, you know, he said they had a really good off season. Every, I mean, everyone passed their conditioning test. He said grades are up. They're ready to roll. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. don't know. Yeah, That's a team I'm going to keep my eye on. Okay, I I would agree with that. Dion seems like a good motivator. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he kind of got me hype when he was talking to me. I was like, oh wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very yeah. enthusiastic, mm-hmm. genuine, candid. You know, yeah. he'll, he'll lay it out oh, yeah. for you. He won't make excuses mm-hmm. for any of his players. So, you know, he preaches accountability and it's kind of been adding up. Okay, I can, I can, yeah. I can roll with that. They're also one of the biggest schools in the little, con- little division of that conference, which could also help them yeah. out a little bit too. And so. I know, it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. I just feel like my overall view of UP football is that there's not one team that like is sticks out. You know, where in basketball you kind of, like, have mm-hmm. that one more dominant team. But, like, UP football seems very, like, kind of all together. It, so it's going to be like a dogfight. Right. It used to be Ishpeming when they yeah. would just roll to the state championship every year. Mm-hmm. Last couple of years have been down. Jeff Olson's looking to bring them back. But I don't think they're at the point now where everybody's afraid to play them mm-hmm. like they were 2015, you know, when and yeah. for all those years where they consistently made deep runs in the state playoffs. I would just be afraid to play them just because Jeff Olson's their coach, mm-hmm. you know. There's, also, there's yeah. always been a little <laughs> bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> but after a while, it's kind of like if Bill Belichick went 4-12 and 12 for three years in a row, the luster would wear off. Yeah. But at any moment, uh-huh. boom, he yeah, could turn he it right know. back around. They were another team that had low numbers and in injuries mm-hmm. last year that pretty much cannot – could not get worse than last year and mm-hmm. could be I've had a couple coaches say that you cannot sleep on them just because okay, yeah. Jeff Olson you never know what he has up his sleeve mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you want to watch any of the interviews I did or listen to our full kickoff show you can go to ESPNUP.com they're all up there the interviews are on demand on our app as well it's all out for everybody to watch so if you want to catch up just just listen <laughs> to these coaches talk right uh, we'll have a new week one coaches show Friday at 3, then again at at 5 o'clock after the sports pen. So new content coming this Friday for high school football. We'll be at Houghton for that game. Pre, pre-game starts at 6.30, kickoff at 7. Any plugs that you have while we're doing it? First Friday Night Frenzy on Friday nice. at like 11 o'clock. So. You've got some big shoes to fill with Yeah, Sam. Yeah, I, I, I know. Have you I'm working? a little nervous. I'm a little nervous, not going to lie. Have you been working on your nicknames? No. I don't think – I can't, like, copy him. I have to find my own thing. Mm-hmm. True. So you're not going to wear a shirt with your own face No, I also it. don't think I'm, like, funny enough to do that. People would be like, who's this, like, new girl wannabe Sam? <laughs> you know? So they, I have to find my own little – Good idea. Thing. Yeah. yeah. You'll have some time to figure I'm it out. I'm just trying to put Sam Ali in the past. Okay. Make him forget. <laughs> That he ever existed. Ugh. No, they'll probably never forget him. But, no, he's pretty good. Yeah. But whatever. you just got to forge your own path, right? Exactly. So Friday Night Frenzy, what time does that start? The show's at 11, but I probably like 11.20-ish, okay. I'd say. So, yeah, 11.20, yeah. tune in, ABC 10, after oh, yeah. you finish listening to the Westwood game. Mm-hmm. Works out perfectly. <laughs> Synergy here. Let's switch over to some basketball. There is basketball going on over in Spain, Michigan. 
is over there on a three-game, 10-day trip. Uh, they are playing... Uh, they played the Madrid Generals. Um, <laughs> some of these teams that they will play are actually good. Some of them are not. Uh, Brendan Quinn, who covers Michigan for The Athletic, tweeted this today. One dude, a 42-year-old center, isn't here because he sprained his ankle on a water slide this weekend. <laughs> and another might miss the game because he got in a fender bender on the way here. <laughs> What kind of league is this? Like, come on, that's hilarious. Mm. How do you sprain your ankle on a water slide, first of all? Do you land, like, what? Good question. Like, is it a slip and slide? Because that I can kind of see. Your like, ankle on a slip oh, and slide? You, you slide forward. Though. But if you're, like, running. Oh, yeah, you could If you get slip. a running start, yeah. On a water slide? That's kind of concerning. That's gotta How be are a... you playing basketball if you sprain your ankle on a water slide? He's also 42 <laughs> years old. What are you doing on a water yeah. slide? <laughs> Grow up. So we'll get a little taste of Michigan basketball over the next 10 days. John Beeline's not there. He's recovering from heart surgery. If I were these teams, and I'm sure the other teams they play will be good, if I'm Michigan or Duke or Kentucky or any of these teams going over international to play, I'm trying to line up the absolute best teams possible. I want to get my butt kicked by 40 if it has to happen, you know, to play against these pro Mm -hmm. teams. That's the best way to learn, not just like Duke. They're all over ESPN because they beat Uh a school called McGill in Canada by 50. How does that help your team? It doesn't. All it it does, it's going to not ruin you, but like you gain that high confidence. Then once you actually play competition, you're like, "Uh, oh, well, maybe we're not that good. It's you know? easier to fall into yeah. bad habits because yeah. you don't have to play your best. You can get away mm-hmm. with so much playing a team like McGill, really, in Canada. First of all, I love Canada, but if you're going to go on an international trip, like, like can you imagine Coach K? He's like, all right, guys, got some big news. We're going overseas. They're like, yeah, Canada. Uh, I would be so upset. I'd be like, I, I, I'm sick. I can't go. Sorry, Coach. Like, really? Canada? These That's not even, going... like, a basketball. Like, I don't... When you think of basketball, you don't really think of Canada. No. I mean, they have R.J. Barrett, who is Canadian, but that's... It's, is That might be the only reason they're going. I mean, some teams are going to Spain, like Michigan, or the Bahamas. Uh, some yeah, teams go to Italy. Like, that would be so fun. Like, Canada? Like, I don't know. Just disappointing. That's yeah. all. You could just drive over there, you know? Seriously. That's not even, to. like, a vacation. No, it's not. And, you know, what are you going to do sightseeing in, in Canada? I don't know. Like, are they going to eat a lot of maple syrup? I mean, that that wouldn't be bad. I would be okay with that. Ew. No. You don't like maple syrup? I don't like syrup. What? No. I think it's gross. So you just eat pancakes dry? With butter. Well, first of all, I get chocolate chip pancakes. And if you put syrup on chocolate chip pancakes, you have issues. Because that's weird. Would you put whipped cream on it? No. I don't like when my pancakes get soggy. That's fair. Doesn't butter make them soggy? No, not really. Hmm. This is interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, bringing it back, I think Michigan, at least one of the other teams that they play, is in the the top league in Spain. Don't know what it's called, but it's it's their version of their pro team. So okay. they will That'll play. Be good for them. They'll play at least one good yeah. team, and especially with a team that has, I think, four or five freshmen that will play big minutes, along with losing some seniors. This is a mm-hmm. this is almost the perfect time because you can only do this once every four years. So this is almost the perfect time to do this kind of a trip. 
that must be so fun for the players, kind of going off topic, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> yeah, they get to sightsee. And you only play three games in ten days. Right, and you get... I think you get ten extra practices, too. So, I mean, they might not like that, but for the yeah. coaches, they like yeah. that extra time with the players. That's a big advantage, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, yeah. So, and they're only allowed to do it once every four years, so you're not always guaranteed that you'll be in the class that gets to do it, if they don't, because they, you don't have mm-hmm. to do it every four years, too. So, it's also good... You know, it's not good that John Beeline isn't there, but it's also, it could be a learning experience for his assistant coaches, oh, too. Yeah. So it could just deepen their entire program, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. as long as they're playing good competition. I mean, I feel like it only benefits, there's no, like, negative for going overseas. And right, playing. exactly. Yeah, I think they said the trip would cost a little over a hundred grand, so I guess that's not that bad. But, no, that's just pocket change. Yeah, pocket change for Michigan, mm-hmm. right? We're going to talk some baseball, and when we come back, the Tigers, uh, they've been tigering <laughs> lately. This one, this latest incident was pretty, pretty embarrassing. We'll get to that right after this here on the Sports Pen. Now, back to the Sports Pen. Here's Blake Froling. We've got a few minutes left here on the Sports Pen, presented by John's Auto Marquette. Blake Froling and Rachel Zerby with you here. Let's talk some baseball while we have some time. <laughs> Tigers lost. No surprise as, there. As expected. The Brewers have been surprisingly inconsistent lately. Six and ten, I believe, in their last sixteen games. Things are getting uh, a little 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 tight. Choking? Is that what you're you're doing? I wouldn't go there yet. <laughs> There's still plenty of time. Yeah. We've got over a month of baseball left. Plenty of time to reverse this. Or, or yeah. to go a little bit farther. I don't know. I, I, I'd, I'd be a little concerned. A month, it sounds like a lot, but like, I don't know. A lot can happen, yeah. but if you bury yourself in a hole, it's tough to get mm-hmm. out of it. So the three and a half games back of the Cubs in the division, they are in a three-way tie for the first wild card spot, if that makes sense, with the Phillies and the Rockies, I believe. And then the Cardinals are a half a game behind those teams. And the Dodgers are one and a half games behind those teams. You lost me. Yeah. So (laughs) there's two spots open and there's five teams all within one and a half games of each other. This is going to be a fun end of the season. Yes. Fun for us because we're just neutral observers. Well, your Phillies are in it. They are one of the teams. You know, I got to watch them on ESPN last night for the first time in forever. And I was like, not a good time to watch them. They lost, didn't they? to the Mets. the Mets. That's embarrassing. Yeah. Very embarrassing. But that was the game at uh the Little League World yeah, Series, right? Which, it was it was very cool. Mhm. But didn't kind of embarrassing. Didn't Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard sit in the stands with some little leaguers mm-hmm. too? That's, That's so awesome. Cool. Yeah. Was that guy the the kid that just hits dingers? He's been Big good. Al. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a video of him and Reese Hoskins and they're like we have like two things in common. We like like to like to hit dingers and something else. It was pretty funny. Nice. It was cute. They're yeah. just like hanging out with the kids. Like that's awesome. Right. That's what baseball is yeah. all about. All those guys, mm-hmm. all those major leaguers played little league. Yeah. So uh, it's kind of giving some inspiration yeah. to these kids. So that's good to see. The Tigers keep losing, which is good. I'm I'm happy. Uh, they did something interesting over the weekend. For some reason, they wanted pitcher Jacob Turner to start again after he gave up eight runs in one inning in his only other start of the season, but they couldn't play him because they forgot how the rules worked. Uh, So they wanted him to start Sunday. 
They designated him for assignment on August 10th, and he cleared waivers and was outrighted to AAA on August 13th. And per MLB rules, he was not allowed to return to the major leagues until August 22nd, which is Wednesday. So they just kind of forgot the rules. They're like, yeah, we'll start him. Oh, wait, we can't have him for, four more, for three more days. So they had to go with the bullpen day and lost. That's honestly comical. That's when you know the team is they're just done. Mm. They don't care. That's a pretty routine <laughs> thing to send a guy to the minors, have him clear waivers. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like some obscure rule that they didn't know about. It's just pretty they basic. They don't care. <laughs> they're, they're just mailing it in now, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, why not? You're so close to the end of the season where it's just like, mm-hmm. all right, let's just get to the end. Yep. Just lose some more mm-hmm. and don't get hurt. That's yeah. That's if I'm Ron Gardenhire, that's my pump up speech. All right, guys, <laughs> give it your best, not not too much of your best, just enough to make it competitive, but lose more than you win, and don't get hurt. Let's go get them. That's, yeah, I mean, it's basically their mo now, right? But uh, I think this is a sign that Jacob Turner should never pitch for the Tigers ever again. Eight innings in one, eight runs in one inning, his only other start. Let's just forget yeah. he ever existed. Mm-hmm. Let's just get rid of that. So that's, yeah, that's the Tigers. They're depressing. They're off today. They play the Cubs. No. That's at least exciting yeah, somewhat. Yeah, you get to watch the Cubs. That'll be, it's at Comerica Park. If you had to put a percentage on Cubs fans to Tigers fans in the stadium, what would you put it at? Oh, like, like 85% Cubs fans. Yeah, they're just going to take that place yeah. over. They're going to look online and like, man, there's... 50,000 seats available. They're $2 each. <laughs> Literally. Let's go. Yeah. How far is Chicago from Detroit? It's about a five-hour drive. Oh, that's not bad. Depending on which way you're going with the time zones. Oh, oh so. right. I forgot about that. But but you make it up the other yeah. way going back, so it's, it's all the same. Right, yeah. Yeah. It's like a couple hundred miles. That's not bad. No. No. It's an easy drive. For like $2 tickets? I, I would, mean, why not? I would guess if you're a Cubs fan in Chicago and you go to one of the Tigers games, it would cost you more in gas to drive there and back than for the actual ticket. Oh, for sure. So I, it would be worth it for me. Oh, yeah. And you're pretty much mm-hmm. pretty much guaranteed two wins. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Brewers fans are used to it. Anytime the Cubs play in Milwaukee, it, they get overwhelmed by uh, Cubs fans. That's got to be so frustrating. Yeah, that's embarrassing. It even happened this year when the Brewers are good. You can you can expect that when they're bad, mm-hmm. but when they're good and you're getting dominated in your home stadium by opposing fans, how many of those fans are real fans though? That's my question. Oh, so you're saying like, verse when they were if they were fans pre 2016? Yeah, that seems like a very big bandwagon organization. It does. Yeah, especially like in Milwaukee too. I mean, they're definitely coming from Chicago, but I feel like Milwaukee. There's probably a lot of fake Cubs, Cubs fans. Oh yeah, they're so close. And the the Brewers were not that yeah, good before, so they just were on the Cubs bandwagon. Yeah. They probably switch back mm-hmm. and forth based on who wins that night. Um, there are a lot yeah. of people who do that. It's pretty sad. Why can't you just root for your teams? Yeah. Don't switch over. I never really understood that. Now, Miss Vikings fan. I've always been a Vikings fan, though. That's the thing. Like, people always ask. I was like, I don't know. My dad was just like, you better have your purple on on Sunday. And I'm like, yes, sir. So now I'm just a Vikings fan. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay. No, that's fine. 
I'm not a ba- like if people are like, oh, you're such a bandwagoner. Why would I be a bandwagon Vikings fan? That's what is true. there to ban like? That's true. If anything, I would jump ship and be like an Eagles fan now. That like, must have, I don't care. That must have really tested your your will this season. No, no, it didn't at all. It just made me hate the Eagles even more. Are you upset that you couldn't root for your hometown team winning a Super Bowl, though? I mean, I, I kind I was like, cheer. I wanted them to win just because I wanted it for Philadelphia. But now it's just annoying because every day you're reminded that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, we get it. That's we true. Know. That's true. Get over it. Also, there are a lot of Lions fans who claim they're going to be Lions free. My dad has gone through it. I've gone through it. Everybody's gone through it at some point. There will be a time where there will be a Lions bandwagon because so many uh-huh. of them decided to go Lions free, and then they'll actually be good that year. So that's why we always come back. <laughs> okay. Because after so long, you don't want to quit on the one year that they mm-hmm. actually are good because that's the thought in everybody's mind. Oh, yeah. When I finally quit them, that's when they'll be good. Because that's just how the world works. Where who who sh- like where would you jump ship to? I just wouldn't have a team. I would oh, just, you just, wouldn't. just watch the NFL oh, okay. as a casual observer. There's no, you can't just casually watch the NFL. You can't casually watch any sport. I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone says. It's more fun when you have a team or have some interest yeah. in the game you're watching. But like, I don't know. I could never casually watch sports. So when you watch just a random NFL game... You just pick a team to root for for yeah, that. Yeah, because normally every team has something that I like dislike about them. Okay, you know, Kansas City Chiefs. What do you dislike about them? Andy Reid. Andy Reid. <laughs> and it's okay, the Chiefs. That, that like, <laughs> good point. He doesn't still doesn't know how clockworks, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, I guess I could find yeah. something to dislike about every team. There's some way to do know. it. It kind of sucks because, like, you, I can never casually just like turn on the tv and be like oh like i hope both teams mm-hmm. have fun well some some people have such a problem with that that they just gamble every single game because they need something yeah. to root for that's when it gets a little dicey see i, I couldn't do that yeah no mm. i'm too i'm just too scared i'm afraid i'm afraid i'd get addicted and then i'd be really broke i would just honestly. lose all the time probably same and then i get pissed because i'm very oh very, i'd get mad <laughs> yeah because I'm a competitive person. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I don't want to ruin sports. Like, if I gambled, I'd ruin sports for myself. Definitely. I'd be a very angry person. A lot. Well, <laughs> that's why people are angry in Vegas at the end of the night, right? True. All right, we're out of time. Thanks again, Rachel, for coming in. You're listening to ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.